and welcome to New England Beer Reviews, episode 42, Sight Glass Synergy. My name's TJ Davis, alongside Emily Schick. How the fuck are you today, buddy? Uh, not too bad. Just, just remembered, was reminded by my phone dinging to mute my phone, so... Nice. Yeah. Nice. Real nice. I'm professional. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, we try our best. All right. Fuck this shit. Let's get right into it. Uh, today's beer number one comes from us from Definitive Brewing Company out of New Hampshire? Maine? No. Maine. Really? Maine. Yes. Uh, hmm. It's a collaboration with Heist Brewery that I have no idea where they're from. But Somewhere! Yeah, it, it's called Sightglass Synergy. It's a double IPA, double dry hop double IPA, that is also an 8.6%. God damn. Ouch. Oh, uh, Heist is out of Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. All right. In three, two, one, crack. I'm learning. I sat back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it only took you a year to figure it out. <laughs> Last horse finally crosses the finish line. I mean, it's looking tasty. Not super New Englandy, but it also doesn't claim to be a New England. Oh, I got a much better head on mine than you did. That, that's what he said? Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> oh, that's nice and smooth, though. I mean, it looks pretty New Englandy. I've seen more hazy things, but it is pretty fucking opaque. Like, I can't see through it at all. Yeah, I can't see through it. Um, it does have, like, a juicy flavor. The initial first sip has a bit more bite than I expected it to have. But yeah. honestly, like, after you get past that initial bite, it's really fucking pleasant. Yeah, it is. Also, does not taste like an 8.6. No. I mean, Definitive's really good at that, frankly. Like, their shit never tastes uh, super alcoholic. Yeah. They're one of the few places that I think actually does triple IPAs well for that reason. Mm. Yeah, I dig this. Yeah, I dig this a lot too. Yeah, it's actually got a lot more piney flavor than I usually get from New England's. I feel like that's part of the initial bite to it that it that I'm getting hit with. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, this is really pleasant. Um, like, really surprisingly easy to drink. Yeah. And again, like, given how high the percentage is in, in it, like, if you didn't realize that this is an 8.6, 8. you could crush a few of these and probably have a bad time. <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time. If you pizza when you're supposed to, fr or if you french fry when you're supposed to pizza... You're gonna have a bad time. Wow, how did you stop him? I just showed him these. Quade, start the reactor! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that episode. Uh, what's it called? Ass Pen? Something like that. I, I think it is, like A-S-S-P-E-N. But, uh, yeah, some... Classic South Park there for you guys. 
All right. So since we have been off our like typical broadcast structure for the last like month, we've yeah. got like a month of beers that we've had to talk about since I don't know why we keep on having like, <laughs> I was going to be an asshole and be like, we keep on having all these assholes as guests on our show, but I'm the asshole. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. So this goes back to a time when it was myself, Emily, and our buddy Dan hanging out and playing games and drinking beers. Our first beer comes to us from Little Willow Brewing Company out of Florence, Mass. It's called Cookie Coma. It's a imperial stout that was made with uh, 200 pounds of everyone's favorite chocolate sandwich cookie and 75 pounds of the best chocolate to come out of California. Man, this I remember being really mediocre. And yeah. Like, it was, it's 9.5 that tasted like it was a 9.5. It had that, like almost syrupy alcoholic bite that you can get from not so good imperial stouts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and my main complaint with it really is like, you know, ignoring all of that shit, which is not great. Um, I didn't really taste the other stuff in there that um, much. Honestly, for the amount of fucking chocolate that they put in it, it didn't have much of a chocolate taste. It had yeah. that, like, roasted malt flavor that you get from stouts that people are like, oh, it's chocolatey. But it's like, nah, this shit is fucking full of chocolate and chocolate derivative things. And instead, it just came across as, like, a super boozy, not even super boozy, but it tasted super boozy like basic ass fucking imperial stout. Yeah. I uh I like the concept. I would give something else from them a try, but I was this was my first exposure to Little Willow and I was underwhelmed. Mhm. Mm Speaking of underwhelmed, um the next one is Rootstock and Blossom 2021 from Burlington Beer Company. That is an imperial stout with apple candy syrup and spices aged in apple brandy and bourbon barrels. Um, it's an 11.5, and it cost me like 9 or 10 bucks for a can. Cheesy Pete's. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand it. Like, I get it with this because especially, like, aging something aging something was going to add to the price of it mm -hmm. but like for some reason it just seems like all the stuff that burlington beer company comes out with it seems oddly overpriced yeah it kind of like or rather I mean, not even overpriced not necessarily worth the amount of money that we're spending on it i guess yeah, that's it really a better depends way to put it. um i've had a few things by burlington that i was much more impressed by i mean this this is like a much higher price than you usually pay for a burlington and it's just because like it's one of their you know only sold as a single can like 
mm-hmm. you know, supposed to be bonkers stouts. I've seen them in a couple of places now. And it was like, after my experience with this one, uh, no, you're not getting me. You're, you're not getting me in that trap twice. Um, this was, I mean, I it wasn't horrible. No, I thought the flavors um, in it came through really well. Like, it, no, they didn't. Oh, I remember getting like the apple brandy coming through. I got the barrels. I didn't really get the apple candy syrup, and, oh, yeah. or or even really the spices much at all. Yeah, I, I definitely I tasted barrels. I didn't taste the beer. So yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, and I don't know. I I don't. It's like if this is a thing that like you really really want to try, I guess. But like, I just prepare to be it, underwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, if it cost half the amount, I think I'd feel better about it. But like, given how I don't think it's worth the price, is kind of my point. Yeah, I feel you, man. Which is a bummer because I really want—I I don't know—I generally want more from Burlington Beer Company than I get. Um, I mean, there are a number of beers from them that I know that we've had that we have. Oh yeah, enjoyed. I think it's mostly lot. the sour shit. Yeah, I think it's mostly the sour shit. Uh, I mean, we, we've got one that we're going to talk about, maybe At not this point. episode, but th- there was a double fruited double goes that we're mm-hmm. going to talk about. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it just felt overly boozy. It didn't really translate as well as they wanted it to and it just led to it being an overpriced disappointment but all right let's keep on keeping on so next up we had from lone pine brewing company the holy donut chocolate covered strawberry it's a nine percent imperial stout based off of portland's holy holy donut valentine's day special beer uh, it was all right. Like, again, yeah. um, Lone Pine is one of those companies that I keep on giving a shot to. I don't think I've hated anything from them, but I just haven't been super impressed with anything by them either. With the exception of our second year today. Yeah, anyway, actually. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to get to that. Hashtag spoilers. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, especially like the Holy Donut series, like, um, I think I've had three of them now. I think I had one of the other ones was a stout and that was like chocolate coconut or something, which was again, kind of marginal. Um, I thought that the, uh, lemon glazed donut was actually the best one of them. The lemon glazed donut was really tasty. It still didn't quite have like the breadiness that I look for when I'm having something that says fucking donut, but it was still like, you could taste it. You still got like the vanilla glaze inside of there. You still got like that lemon chiffon inside of there too. Like the other tastes were on point, but the, you know, donut part of the donut beer wasn't quite there. Yeah. So, I've had a handful of things recently um, that 
are not New England. So we're not going to talk extensively about them. Um, I I think I'm just going to sort of go through some of so, make and make blanket statements when I feel like I need to as, as the things come up. And this is one of them. Um, 450 North is a brewery that we're just starting to get around here. It is from Columbus, Indiana, which I actually don't know where the fuck in Indiana Columbus is. Yeah, no fucking um, I, I think I've had a good hand, like I've had a, a handful of their sours at this point, actually more than a handful. Um, and out of all of them, only one of them was disappointing. All of the other ones are fucking mind-blowing. So, although we're not going to go into extensive detail about them, um, do yourself a favor, and if you see 450 North, any of the Sours, do yourself a favor and get them. Yeah, and absolutely. I, Check them out. I have also heard rumor that they don't ever rebrew things. Huh, interesting. So, if you see it, and you're like, oh, I'll just get it next time it comes around, don't think that way because you may not ever get that chance. Yeah, so let let's tell you what this actually is. It's called Slushy. It's a me cup. Um, I think it was like Mario themed on the can. Yeah, this is the Mario one. I've also had the Luigi one. Mm. Uh, but it's a cranberry, boysenberry, sweet cherry, graham cracker, brown sugar, vanilla soft serve, cream, and lactose. Yeah. It, it, it was fucking delicious. Yeah. Like all, I, all I, those flavors came through really well. I've had, I've had a good bunch of those, uh, like slushy ones, especially and motherfucker. They are amazing. There's a, but there's a handful of places around here that I have seen 450 come up at this point. Um, I know that like liquor junction and Redding at least is getting them. Also, apparently there's other liquor junction locations now. Well, there were other liquor junction locations before. Oh well. Yeah, there whatever. was a, there was at least like the one in Woburn. Yeah, there's Woburn, Winchester, and maybe another one. Yeah, good for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the uh, the one in Reading just got a whole bunch of 450 North, and I'm like, um, um, why, why? I, I don't have to go to Reading anytime soon, unfortunately. So, but yeah, seriously, worth worth seeking out. Um. And jumping ahead slightly, since that's another one we're not going to talk well, about. Well, here, here. Instead of jumping ahead, let's okay. keep on, let's just, like, keep in order of okay. what your check-ins are so that we can just make sure that we're working our way through the list. Yes. So next up would be uh, another Watercolors, so another Skygazer. This one was Abstract 2. It had orange, passion fruit, marshmallow, vanilla, and milk sugar. And it was, it was fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah. Like, I haven't had anything but sours from Skygazer at this point, but like, fuck, those are, like, that is a New England brewery. Um, So, yes, please seek out Skygazer. You're starting to see them in more places as well. Um, I, I know I picked that one up at Crafted in Holliston. I have seen them at at least the craft beer cellar in Belmont. Um, and well, I mean, our last episode was 
we, we talked about multiple sky gazers. <laughs> yeah, but those came from Connecticut, so that's less surprising. Yeah, those were from. The, I think I picked. I think I picked those up in play, in uh, uh oh fuck pit stop in plain Plainfield. Yeah, um, something like that. Um, but. Yeah, I also randomly managed to pick up another Skygazer, which we'll talk about at some point, from, I think it's Drumhill Liquors in Chelmsford. And mm. it's like, they just, they don't have a great selection, but they had a, a Skygazer. And it was like, okay, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll drink that shit. Yeah, sure. And why not? I sure did. Hey, why not, kid? Um, all right. Uh, keeping on. Next up. We go back outside of New England. For some reason, we're in fucking North Dakota. Why are we in Fargo, North Dakota? Because Drecker is actually really good. Once again, we're not going to go into extensive detail, but I've had a number of their things. And, um, well, I've had a few of them. And I'm going to try another one very soon, I think. Um, This was the Chunk Peaches and Cream. It's another pastry sour i think that this one was good it was a little bit lackluster compared uh, to sunday, the other it's a sunday sour not a pastry sour ah okay it has some rat ass can art though because it's a cat and i love cats yeah chunk ch- the, the chunk is a whole ass series and it's a uh... yeah this is their peaches with vanilla ice cream lactose and vanilla beans I wish it had had, like, a little more flavor to it, but it was still really tasty. Like, nothing mind-blowing, but if you see it, it's worth trying. If you like peaches. Yeah. Although I might suggest some of the other Chunk series over that, probably. Yeah, probably. So, next up, we have... The Key to the City of North Haven, which is a collaboration between Abomination out of North Haven, Connecticut, and Dewey Beer Company from Dewey Beach, Delaware. Um, This is a 9% sour brewed with cherry, blackberry, rhubarb, ice cream mix, lactose, and vanilla beans. God damn, Um, I forgot that that was a 9% sour. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was decent. I'm not going to say that it wasn't. I don't know that I would go back to that as quickly as I have with a lot of other things. I mean, I've really been getting into this whole like smoothie slash pastry sour, which is what mm-hmm. uh, Untapped has decided to call them, which is probably pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. This one was okay. Yeah, like, again, for me, I wish that the flavors came through more. Yeah. It was was too heavy on the cherry and the blackberry, and then it ended up drowning out the majority of the rhubarb and vanilla. Yes. But it was still good. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you there. Yeah, I mean, I want to have, I definitely want to try more stuff from Abomination, Because, like, again, similar to um, whatever the fuck we were just talking about. This is the problem with having... 2021 as well? Oh, no. uh, A few minutes ago. Oh, That, like, I I don't hate anything from them, but I've 
been real. I've, I've yet to be like really wowed by anything by them. I would argue that fuck 2021 as well was much more, was pretty wow. Wow. In my opinion. I can't even remember the fuck I checked that in as if I remember to even fucking check that in. Yeah. Probably sorry not. folks. I am kind of growing slow today because I am going through like the bat past month of Emily's untapped and checking in all the stuff that I forgot to while we were hanging out as well. Yeah, so. you're, uh, <laughs> it's a good thing. One of us is good at this shit. Cause neither uh, one of us has a particularly good memory. I am so bad at this shit. Um, while you're doing crap. Well, our next one, we step back outside of New England again to Florida. Sunny Florida, Miami. We had Jiu-Jitsu Juice from Jay Wakefield that they brewed in collaboration with other half brewing in Brooklyn, New York. It's a 7% double IPA uh, that has Amarillo, Mandarin, Bavaria, and Citra Mandarina. Hop, Mandarina. Bavarian, Bavaria, and Citra hops, and brewed with the ancient grain spelt. Um, I mean, it was good. Yeah. I, with, but with like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because Jay Wakefield and other half brewed it in collaboration. Yeah. I, I was expecting something more than just good. Well, okay. Uh, I am not entirely surprised by that. Other halves. IPAs can get a little intense at times, like in not a good way. Um, generally speaking, their IPAs are really solid, but I I have had other halves that are like, oh, this has a little bit too much bite for me. And I mean, when Jay Wakefield started, I I actually had one of their old, one of their first IPAs, because I mean, again, I discovered Jay Wakefield very early on, mm-hmm. and um, I think it. I think hops for teacher was one of their early beers, and I think you're that, right about that. That was marginal as fuck. Like Jay Wakefield had not figured out the IPA game at that point. Um, I, and and again, I, I'm okay with that. Like there there are breweries that don't do well with certain styles, and like I, I like I generally just like I need to give another like straight jay wakefield ipa a try because i am curious to see if they've gotten much better at it um much like you know like treehouse kind of sucked at sours mm-hmm. and uh yeah so the next one is we're stepping outside of the country <laughs> Yes, but also and no. no. <laughs> um, so Origin of Darkness is an Imperial Stout series that Collective Arts from Hamilton, Ontario does every year. This one happens to be a collaboration with Vitamin C out of Weymouth. Yay, so, Vitamin with C! New England! We still technically stayed inside <laughs> the guidelines. Um, so this was the... Origin of Darkness aged in rum barrels with coffee, almonds, lactose, and speculose cookies. Uh, it's a 10.3 that I think tasted fairly alcoholic, although not the worst I've ever had. And I don't think all the flavors came through super well. I mean, it's not super weak, but it also, like, its average on untapped is a 4.11. I gave it a 4. 
Like, I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't wowed by this one. Like, again, it was, it was all right. Um, I mean, a large part of the problem with like super boozy stouts is you lose a lot of the other flavors going on inside of the beer when mm-hmm. your alcohol percentage is too high. Agreed. And like, I don't know. Have we, have we had any other stouts that um, vitamin C has had a part in or no? That's a good question. I can't think of one I off can't, the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, I can't think of one either. But, yeah, I mean, it's all right. It, it was, yeah. It was nothing, nothing exciting. Agreed. I mean, I wouldn't let that turn you off from the Origin of Darkness series, I, if I recall yeah, correctly. I, I mean, generally that series, I think, is pretty decent. I think it's pretty decent, and I think the fact, like, I think that they're all brewed with like different collaboration breweries. So I think you're right about that. I think that's kind of neat because they do multiple each year. Like that's pretty, that, that, that alone is pretty rad. Mm -hmm. So, and it also helps to bring exposure to other growing, uh, microbreweries because like collective arts has been around for a number of years at this point. Yeah. Like at least six or seven, I'd say. Mm hmm. Although the time warp of COVID happened, so who the fuck knows? Oh, yeah. I, I, I know I've said this so many times, but, like, these last two years have felt like six months or a decade. Yep, it kind of depends on your... both at the same time. Yeah, it's like that same time warp feeling when you think of, like, high school, how it, it simultaneously feels like 20 years ago or feels like two years ago. But I still remember distinctly running for school uh, or class president, and my platform was the dance party. And uh, I split my shorts on stage while doing a split. (laughs) So that was fun. (laughs) I remember it like it was yesterday. Just think about like how you'd handle that kind of moment differently as an adult. Like, oh, as, as a, an adult, as you'd an be adult, laughing at yourself. I would not only be laughing; I would have reached down between my legs and grabbed either side of it and just totally torn my shorts off up there on stage. But that's that would have been fucking now. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, it's like the older I get. The shittier my body feels, but generally the more confident I get in my own, my in myself. Yeah, in, in my so. skin suit. <laughs> yeah. All right, keeping on, keeping on. We're back in exclusively New England for this one, because we're in northeastern Massachusetts at Shoveltown Brewery. We drank Crunch. Crunch is their peanut butter coffee stout that, again, I, I wish was better. I agree. I wish it was better. Uh, I don't think the peanut butter comes through well at all. No. I don't even think the coffee comes through particularly I well. Yeah, I didn't think that any of the flavors really came through that well. Um, they probably should have doubled the amount of peanut butter powder that they used in it because it was very clearly peanut butter powder and not yeah. like peanut butter. Yeah, you'd think that peanut peanut butter would be a flavor that would come through better than it does, and it just doesn't. Nope, 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 nope. But uh, it especially, like, it didn't have the excuse of being super boozy. It was a 7.7, not exactly a milk stout, but a sweet stout. And, like, yeah. 
it was it was all right. Again, like for the most part, nothing we drink is terrible, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't quite up to snuff. Yeah. So the next hand whole bunch of things actually is uh me without TJ. Um so I had a couple of singles that I got at Pit Stop on my own. Probably while recording an episode of the other podcast. Maybe. I can't remember. Maybe. Um or just hanging out watching stuff. Yeah, one or the other. Um so Skygazer makes a watercolors monochromatic series too, which is a single fruit series. Um, so this is raspberry, lactose, and vanilla. So it's a uh, monochromatic raspberry. Um, again, not bad, not by any means bad, but the watercolors that have more flavors in them have a lot more oomph, punch, mm. excitement. Yeah. Like, this was fine. Like, this was absolutely drinkable. I would probably take this over a lot of, like, basic Berliners because it still has, like, kind of a, you know, more interesting mouthfeel and, but, and, like, the raspberry comes through nicely. But, like, Every fucking place that makes a sour makes a raspberry sour these days, it seems. Like, I don't know, I mean, it's kind of like the easy go-to having a tart fruit to begin with to turn that into a sour just feels kind of logical. But it's a market that has been incredibly watered down because, like you're saying, fucking everybody who makes sours makes a raspberry sour. Yeah. Like I would have hoped that it would have been a little bit better with like the vanilla and lactose in there as well, but still. it is it, I mean again, it it does it does sit above other raspberry sours I've had, like I'm thinking of like Four River Preble for instance. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just I don't know. Like I think that I think that I'm kind of bored of raspberry in like the sour context, unless it's like paired with other things. And like this didn't have enough other things going on to make me not go, eh. Yeah. Um, speaking of kind of eh, but actually like surprisingly less eh than I thought it would be. Um, so that I also had cotton candy sleight of hand by Hoax Brewing. Now I know we talked about. I think it was the raspberry lime one last mm-hmm. time when we were talking with Scott. Yeah. Um, so hoax again is out of East Haven, Connecticut. They have a series of Berliners called uh sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. And I actually think the cotton candy one was kind of better than like, I think I've had a couple of the hoaxes now. Uh, now I'm, I think I'm up to three Okay. of the three. This was my favorite simply because like it was something different. Like, I mean, it was still a basic Berliner that had not quite as much flavor as I wanted, but they, the, the flavor of the cotton candy that was in there was like perfectly on point. Nice. And it's a flavor that you don't typically get in a Berliner. 
So yeah, I would have been interested to try that one because yeah. I mean, uh, while I don't do much sweet myself, um, I do like the flavor of cotton candy. I mean, it's why I like that uh, fucking. Uh, I'm thinking smooth beats, but it's not smooth beats. It, it it's the one from fucking. Oh, I can't even fucking remember right now. You know what I'm talking about? The cotton Are you can- trying- the cotton candy IPA? Oh, um, that is uh, out of New York. No, it's not out of New York. That's out. That's from Pipe Dream. Oh, that's Pipe Dream. Yeah, the cotton candy dipper. That's Pipe Dream. Oh, which you shouldn't be surprised because, like, I've never seen like again for a brewery that like most of their other stuff is just okay, like. They wield candy in a beer more deftly than, like, most places I've ever seen. I think, like, probably better than almost every place that we've seen. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Like, Not not all of them are equal, but, like... Yeah, the Pipe Dream Sour, the Candy Sour series, like, I mean, you know, when I was picking up stuff for the Super Bowl, it was like, I don't know what the fuck to get. I'm drinking with somebody else who's, like into sours and i'm like oh they have two of the candy sours bucket yeah but which, which two? Oh, the peach bum and the byob which is the gummy bear one ah uh, okay the gummy bear one i like the peach bum was pretty good i think the gummy bear one is actually still really really great yeah i mean i remember when we had the swedish fish one and it was like uh, this is kind of mediocre. And then I drank another can of it. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, wow, this actually is really fucking good. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, the the fact that they made a cotton candy dipper work doesn't terribly surprise me. I also think that Pipe Dream generally does better with stuff that has uh stuff in it. Like, I think I if I remember correctly, there's another one that they that's called they've done that's called Irie Feeling that I I don't know. I think it's a fruited IPA and mm-hmm. I think it's better than like their non-fruited IPAs for nice. the same reason. All right. So to give Emily a chance to uh, keep on drinking her beer because we're about half an hour in. Because um, I got to say my, that I, like because I got to drink my beer, too, but. If I want to, I can down it in one. Emily had a couple of beers from Untold Brewing, which is a microbrewery in Situate, Mass. Okay, there's a slight story behind that before I continue drinking my beer. So I actually went to a beer dinner for the first time since COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a new place in Belmont that is attached to craft beer seller Belmont. That is called Trinkish. Okay. Trinktish. Something like that. Um, it's it's a beer hall, but it also has food. And it was the owners of Trinktish uh, doing the food. And the they have been bringing in breweries to do the beer, obviously. And they kind of curate the menu to go with it. Um, 
Apparently, my compatriots that I went with were not as impressed by the food as I was. I thought that they did a great job of pairing the food with the beer. I thought the food was great. Um, to the is, point is it, where, is it kind of like Jacob Worth kind of food of like no, more traditional German or no, no. This is much more like gastro pub, you know, kind of like twisty interesting kind of food um okay although yes and no so like you know for instance the uh the first one the first course was her take on welsh rarebit which if you've never had welsh rarebit um is basically uh, it's so god bless the welsh you sweet beautiful bastards um welsh rarebit is basically i think it's like maybe beef or chicken broth to water it down but like more or less it's melted fucking cheese made into like a more oh i'm trying to think of the consistency like a like a creamy Italian kind of dressing kind of consistency okay. and poured over toast. That's it. That's Ooh. what, that's what Welsh rarebit is. I think that it, I think it has like, again, I think it has like some kind of broth mixed in. It may, I mean, I'm sure you could do it with, with uh, vegetable broth. Mm -hmm. um, but So like almost similar to like, uh, what is it? Uh, Rishlay where they like melt the cheese and like scrape it onto things. Uh oh, are you talking about like a raclette maybe? Um yes, that. Yeah, it's not quite. Um more like if you poured if you took queso and made it out of an entirely different cheese and then poured it over bread. But why would you make queso out of anything other than Velveeta? Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I wish I could reach through the computer and slap you. You that that is sacrilege. We do not say such things about our beloved god cheese. Hey man, I grew up in the South and I definitely have a bit of white trash in my family. Look, so. I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't appreciate Velveeta. What I'm saying is don't fucking call it cheese because you know it isn't. Oh no, it's not cheese. It's like trying to call it fucking margarine butter. Yeah. It's same like deal. they're similar. They're not like, the same. Like in my fact, Velveeta probably has more in common with like government cheese than it does with cheese. I would say government cheese almost has more in common with cheese than Velveeta does. Velveeta is yeah. sort of terrifying. I mean, okay. I mean, as a person whose mother went through a cheese whiz phase when she was <laughs> younger, um, like, look. <laughs> You can you can love cheese, and you you know you can attest to the fact that my mother likes actual cheese. Oh yeah, but like, look, man, sometimes garbage tastes good too. So I mean, fuck it. And I feel that one hard as well. Like I love like I, I I growing up, I've always been you know champagne taste on a beer budget is what my mom always said about me because without even like looking at prices i'd look at the menu and be like "Ooh, i want to try that fuck yeah. it's the most expensive thing on the menu but yep god damn do i love some trash food every now and again oh are you fucking kidding me i, I mean again 
there are so many people who go, what is wrong with you when I go, I love beach pizza. And it's like, you know what, man? Fuck you. Like, I mean, I... not all beach pizza is created equal. I am definitely more the savory sauce than the sweet sauce. Oh, you're a Christie's. Yeah. Uh, I, I am not, I am agnostic. I am fine with either Christie's or Tripoli. It is as long as it's fucking square and it has a slice of provolone on it, I'm good. <laughs> But that's a bit more personal preference for me because I enjoy savory more than I enjoy sweet. But my mother is like, this is cardboard with sauce on it and a slice of provolone. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's good. Yeah. I mean, essentially, she's right. But she's it's not still, it's entirely still good. wrong, but it's still good. Yeah, that's what that's my point. I yeah. like I. The, I am just the kind of foodie that it's like, oh, I don't need like. I don't get me wrong. I appreciate your fancy shit, but like I can get down with some trash shit. It's like if I get, you know, bacon cheese fries with like the liquid orange or yellow cheese and like oh, yeah. the fucking bacon bits, like I'm not going to be as happy as I might be, but like I'm still going to eat that and I'm still going to enjoy it. I mean, every once like, in a while, I do enjoy some fucking plastic cheese. Yeah, like the I mean, shit's like, gross, and I wouldn't want to eat it all the time. But every once in a while, yeah, there are degrees of quality with that liquid cheese shit, though. Like we had that f whatever from that fucking melt place in Boston recently, mm. and like that was like the stepped up version of that liquid cheese. Like yeah. it's clearly not like real, real cheese, but like. It tasted more like real cheese than some of the liquid cheese shit I've had. So I call it stepped up and it looked like it was actual bacon just chopped really fine. No, I would agree. Also, fun fact, don't know if you know, but Baco Bits contain no meat. They're vegan. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Right? All right. So before we keep on getting into more beers, let's crack another beer. Because Emily's yes. done with her beer. So, beer number two today, beer, 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 beer number two today is Cloud Cake. It's a milkshake double IPA from Lone Pine. Huh. I wonder how this is going to be because we've never tasted it before. Even never, we already ever. gave that away. <laughs> Three, two, one, crack. See, I am learning. I, I I sprayed myself on the chest and not, well, the fleece of my chest and not like the face. Not not. Look, I've got. We we already know that I've I've sprayed myself in, on the bare chest before. So, but it's winter and I'm wearing a fleece because cats like to crawl on me and it, you it doesn't do as much as you think to prevent uh, claw marks. But you know. Uh, also electricity and oil are super fucking expensive so because fuck you capitalism yes but don't forget that a my place is heated by natural gas and b my natural gas is included in my hoa which is like based on the price of natural gas is probably comically low so whatever like, I mean, I could essentially crank my place to fucking 85 and it won't change how much I'm paying. Um, it also means that they're probably going to renegotiate after 
Oh, they they've they've upped. Up. They have, dude. Updates. They've they've upped it every single year. It's fine. I swear to God, there has to be fucking vanilla in this. Like there has to be. I there get, has to be. I get way too much vanilla flavor from this for there to not be vanilla in it. I concur, and I don't give a shit. Lie to me all you want, Lone Pine. As long as you keep making beer this good, I'm fine with that. Like. This is by far the best Lone Pine I've ever had. And I, I'm, I'm saying that again, which, like, considering how bad of luck we've had recently with, like, I, especially New England-style IPAs aging extremely poorly, this tastes like just like it did when we had it the, for the first time, what, like, three or four weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. Like, I can't tell you. I'm getting so that, okay. Like, it's boxy. not necessarily, like, vanilla. I'm getting like, you know, that like Betty Crocker white cake mix kind that's, of flavor. That's a, uh, that is effectively a vanilla flavor. Yeah. Yes. Um also be careful when you pour this out because there is live cultures in the bottom. Yeah. And I mean, you could explain this away as the lactose. It's not just the lactose. This is no, this is not just lactose. Like it, it definitely has it, at least a hint of vanilla in it. Yeah, it, it, it tastes like with each sip, it tastes like I'm taking a bite of you know vanilla of white cake that has like a little bit of bite of hops. Yeah, and it's not like as a again as a person who adores the flavor of vanilla and does not think it's boring at all. This is not garbage vanilla that you're that they're using oh, in here. Oh no! Whatever this vanilla is... they use in here is like it's like Tahitian vanilla or something like that. Like it could be. It's something that definitely keeps its vanilla structure inside of the beer itself. I mean, in theory, you could do that with any vanilla. Um, the fact that it's this smooth and delicate makes me think that like it could be Tahitian, but that definitely means that it's getting added like right at the end. Because mm -hmm. once again, I think I've brought this up on this fucking show before that uh, vanilla... last episode, two episodes ago, I forget which one. But yeah, Tahitian vanilla breaks down during in in heat. So if it is Tahitian, then it's added later. But Tahitian tends to be the more like um kind of fragrant sort of mm -hmm. vanilla um i mean this could even just be like a straight madagascar bourbon that's used with like a, a fairly light hand yeah. um i mean i guess it's what we're definitely trying not to say, mexican yeah no it's definitely not i guess what we're trying to say is this honestly might be the best fucking lone pine that either of us have had at least that we can think of a hundred percent agree and like again i'm not shitting on lone pine i keep buying their stuff for a reason yeah like, no their, their stuff, stuff is not bad it's just rarely you know great this, and this is truly great this is great i don't know if this is a five for me but this is probably either a 4.5 or a 4.75 i'm not sure which but like it is definitely up there in terms of how tasty this fucking beer is oh absolutely it, it is starting to oxidize a little bit because I'm, I'm getting a little more of that back end deep throat fucking bite interesting because i'm not getting that at all and usually i'm super oh, yeah. sensitive to oxidation for me it's like right in my lower throat 
that mm. I'm getting that bite. It's not even like flavors on the tongue. It, it's definitely like touching my lower vocal cord and being like, oh, hey, that's got a little sharpness. Oh, that's a little bright. Yeah. All right. So let me do a quick run through of the untolds that I had. Um, so far, I've not had something from untold that I find truly mind-blowing in a compared to all other beers I've ever had since. Mm-hmm. But these are, I will say that if, especially if you are generally a fan of, you know, I mean, like a looking, basic German style. I, I was going to say, looking at the stuff that you had, it looks like style specific. These would be really higher. Oh, these would be higher. Yes. Than compared against everything else you've ever had. Exactly. So like the Stockbridge Hells is a Hells Lager that I gave a 3.75. But like, I don't know that there's a lot higher of a ceiling for a Hells Lager compared to like, I don't know, the bullshit I'm drinking right now, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the East by Northwest is an American IPA. The brewers basically explained it as I think that I think the head brewer grew up on the South Shore, moved to the Pacific Northwest and started working in a brewery and then he came back here to open his own. Um so this so East by, East by Northwest is a purposefully not New England style mm-hmm. and not specifically West Coast style. Like I generally re- refer to those as East Coast style, but I could be, you know. I mean, I usually think I may of not be that, on the. I usually think of like that East meets West. I mean, I think that APA is probably the best way to describe them, American Pale Ale. But uh, I guess it's more AIPA because it's still an IPA, mm-hmm. but it's more a meeting of the minds between east and west yeah where i guess i maybe an east coast is a little bit hazier but also still kind of has some bite and dank to it yeah um i mean i'm guessing that this had some decent dank to it it was decent between azaka chinook columbus mosaic and simcoe like it's it's a great hop combination yeah well, especially because Chinook and Columbus are not things that you generally see that often in New England styles. Yeah. Um, this, okay, so style specific, I would call this a bit less impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave this a 3.75, um, which I think is, I still think it's kind of hilarious that my... I think that my mother enjoyed so the other I also had a an a New England style IPA from them called Prince Tuesday. Um and I gave it the same rating, but I fully expected based on my mother's general taste in the beers that she does like to like Prince Tuesday much better. And she liked East by Northwest, I think, best of all the beers we had that night. And I'm like, 
Interesting. You make no fucking sense to me because my mother generally hated IPAs until New England styles became a thing because she doesn't like the bitterness. Yeah. So why the fuck do you like the one that's more bitter? I mean, if it has a more piney flavor, because like your your mom's a gin fan, right? I mean, not terribly. Like she's only a gin fan when she's with me. Like uh. she has at least one bottle of gin, if not two, that like she never drinks because I'm not there. <laughs> like she likes. When I order a gin drink and she tries it, she generally likes it. When I make that cocktail that I make, she generally likes it. She liked it so much at one point that she was like, find me a good gin and rhubarb bitters and shit. And I got that for her for some fucking present at some point. And now now that we don't see each other as much, she basically never has that. It's like... No, if she's going for anything, she really doesn't drink by herself, like, ever. But if she's going to drink with people who aren't me, she's usually going for scotch. wine or scotch. Uh, I still thank Ruth for turning me on to what to appreciate about scotch. Uh, thank and probably also hate for the financial reasons, much <laughs> yes. like I do. Um <laughs> Oh, I would I want to introduce the next one just because I love the name. Oh, sure. Because uh, it, it's one of my it, like, it's one of those words that I just love, like conflagration. But yes. um, dodecahedron <laughs> is yeah. another beer from Untold. Um, from their details, for here in Digitopolis, everything is quite precise. Uh, it goes into more beyond that, but it's inspired by the Phantom Tollbooth. Which I don't remember reading, yeah. but I remember, I remember the story without remember reading it. And uh, it's a Munich Dunkel Lager. Mm. Um, honestly, like style I, specific. I'm gonna guess I'm style going specific. To... It was probably a five. Yeah, the, this is, in my opinion. So I gave the last two beers that I had there a four. Um, this is probably style specific, the best beer I had of the night. And again, it shocked me that my mother didn't like it because my mother generally kind of likes German style beers. And she, you know, when she used to buy herself beer, she'd buy herself stuff like, uh, like, uh, Negro Modelo and, um, oh man, what was that fucking brown one? It's like a British brown. Uh, I don't know. All I can think something. of is like old speckled hen. No. And it's not that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's got like a fucking red triangle as a logo. Bass? Yes. She likes bass ale and shit like that. Weird. Like, again, yeah, my, my mom's not really a beer person. And it always shocks me the stuff that she likes and doesn't like. Because, again, there's no pattern to it. Like, my father at least has a pattern, and his pattern has been evolving over time. Mm -hmm. Like, my mother oh, doesn't man. have a fucking pattern. Honestly. Like, this should have been a beer that she liked, and she was like, ew. And I'm like, she actually made me finish this one for her, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mom, don't you know I'm the one driving? Um... 
Oh, no, we were both driving. I mean, oh. it, it still makes sense to pass stuff off to me, but it's like, man, this is the one I expected you to like the most. Yeah. Uh, and she, the one I expected her to like the least, she liked the most. But, you know, fuck me, I guess. Um, I really feel like we should try and figure out a way to have, if not both your parents at the same time, then we need to have guest episodes, one with Bruce, one with Ruth. That would be rad, but I need to find a way to uh, pass off. I, I need to buy a, a second mic. So yeah. that fucking... Yeah. Either that or I need to see if this mic can actually accommodate multiple people. Either way. We'll have to test that sometime. So the last one I had from Untold was Winter Song. Um, it's listed in Untapped as a winter ale. I think that the brewers described it a bit more as almost like a barley wine. Um... Although I have a feeling it became tasting more like a barley wine because of their aging process. But considering as a person who like generally does not have a lot of beer styles that I will not drink, I avoid barley wines like the fucking plague oh, because God I damn, know. it's a ten point eight. Yeah. Um it's they called it a barley wine. Untapped does not. If this is actually a barley wine, I enjoyed it more than I've enjoyed almost every barley wine I've ever had. Damn. Because, nice. again, I do not like that fucking style I have tried. I have tried over and over and over, and I just can't. This was decent. Um... I gave it a four. So it was decent. It wasn't like, holy shit, I'm going to buy this. Honestly, I support Untold if your palette is a bit different than mine. Again, if you tend to like more basic styles, um, if they do a, a really, really good job with it. If you're a fan of stuff like Notch or uh, like Jack's Abbey, it sounds like a place to try. Yeah, but I think that Notch does more interesting shit. They do, but they do like a lot of really basic stuff really well. Agree. You know, I, I don't disagree with you there. So that's why that's why I was like putting them in with putting Untold in with like Notch and Jack's Abbey, where like almost none of their stuff blows me away, but the stuff that they do is usually pretty damn solid. Yeah. All right. I, might I as well... say, yeah, I'm thinking let's get through like, Oh, there's not a the, whole lot. Well, I was going to say about. like the 450 stuff and probably end off with your sun lab. And then we're going to get political for a few. Cause we're like an hour in. So let's just like burn through a bunch of the out of state stuff. Well, I don't think we're going to talk in detail about a lot of... Again, I'm trying really hard, TJ, to keep this a New England beer podcast. So yeah, I, I don't know. feel like we need to go into detail on each of them. There is at least one New England in here, and I'm starting with that, so eat a dick. Um, is it the one that you didn't actually rate? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, because I suck ass? Um <laughs> I'm stupid, apparently. So I didn't rate it because I'm a dumbass. Um, 
Squirrel by Backyard Brewery and Kitchen from Manchester, New Hampshire. So they took inspiration from the holiday drink of the Caribbean, sorrel. Made with sorrel, the fruit of the hibiscus, cloves, cinnamon, and bay leaves, this beer is the perfect winter drinker. I actually thought this was interesting. Um, I mean, it sounds like it'd be decent. I'm guessing it was was decent. I think it was a little underwhelming. Like, I kind of wanted it to. I kind of wanted the flavors to pop a little bit more for me. Oh, like I'm guessing that the sorrel is supposed to be your star, but instead of like being the forward flavor, it's more forward in its color than it is. No, you'd be surprised. Um, Nice. I would say that. I would say that the reason that this beer has an average 3.8 on here is probably because most people are like, why the fuck does this taste so herbal? Gross, gross, gross. And it's like... Because it, it's hibiscus. Because the sorrel and the bay, I think, yeah. are the two most prominent flavors in it. And people don't want that. They want like clove and cinnamon. And it's like, no, eat a dick. You can get fucking clove and cinnamon in so many beers. Give me the interesting shit. And they did. Nice. I mean, I like I would definitely check out more stuff from Backyard Brewery and Kitchen. Um, I have not been there. I didn't even know it existed, but in I... Manchester, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there are a number of things that you're going to burn through from fucking Indiana because there there's like a bunch of 450 Norths that you've had. So I'm just going to, I'm going to go through them real fast. I'm going to introduce them. You're going to tell me what you think about them. Then I'm going to introduce the next one. Okay. So Sounds first good. up slushy world, triple XL. It's a triple berry cheesecake conditioned on blackberry, raspberry, blueberry, cream cheese, and graham cracker. Fuck. Yes. Fuck. Yes. That that's a, Good testament. All right, we've got Slushy Triple XL Rainbow Paradise, which is their Rainbow Paradise Triple XL, conditioned on raspberry, orange, pineapple, blueberry, lime, and grenadine. This is probably the best Slushy from 450 North that I've had. Fucking rad. Yeah, no, that combination sounds awesome. All right, next up, we've got another uh, Slushy. Let's a go cup. This is the Luigi one. Uh, it is their Let's a go cup. Part of the collector cup series is conditioned on pineapple, peach, granola, green apple, vanilla cream, and vanilla soft serve ice cream. God damn, that sounds like it'd be tasty. It was interesting and tasty. Highly recommend. Uh, next up, we've got the slushy double XL bad bros. Um, is a fruitcake slushy. Oh, also, it's Wario and Waluigi on it. That's rad. Uh, it's a fruitcake slushy conditioned on cherry, pineapple, orange, vanilla cream, almonds, rum flavor, and a touch of ginger. That sounds like something I would not terribly care for because I do not care for ginger. If you notice my rating, um, this is the, by far the worst 450 North that I've had. Um... <laughs> because she she gave it a 3.5 i was splitting this with another person and we both agreed that the fake the the like it, so you know when you, you you know how you can go to like the fucking supermarket and buy rum extract mm-hmm. 
and almond extract. Ugh. Yeah. You're understanding where I'm going with this. Yeah. Those two flavors were way too fucking strong. And it was just, it was hard to get through. Uh, yeah, no, that, that does not sound good at all. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Smashmallow. It's conditioned on triple marshmallow, orange, banana, and vanilla cream. That one actually worked really well. Um, I think that, I don't know. I think that, like, I tend to avoid banana in smoothies in general just because, like, I find it to be kind of an overwhelming flavor when it comes to other stuff. I think that it blended better here than it does in plenty of other things, especially compared to, like, the artificial banana, which we've already talked about is a different cultivar. Mm -hmm. Um, Multiple times at this point. (laughs) And, yeah, I... uh, so that's why this one got knocked down slightly from the others, but this was not bad at all. All right. And the last beer that we're going to talk about today is uh, not from 450 North, but instead from Sun Lab out of Miami, Florida. It is their Don't Stop Loving Me. It's an American sour ale brewed to represent a delightful cherry cheesecake. We merged our sour base beer with a massive serving of Cherries, graham cracker, cream cheese, cinnamon, and vanilla. Why do I feel like I keep on seeing cream cheese, like, popping up so much more in beers? Because a lot of people are trying the whole cheesecake thing, and that is a fundamental part of making a cheesecake. Yeah, Um, it's been a a long time since I became lactose intolerant, so I haven't made a cheesecake in a long time. But I remember making cheesecake. There's a fuck ton of cream cheese in it. Yeah, um, this is just okay. Um, there are a lot of Florida breweries that I would point you at before I would point you at Sun Lab. Although, if you were like, oh, is this bad? Should I never buy it? And it's like, nah, man, like, it depends on your taste. Like, I just don't think that... I think I've had a couple of Sun Labs so far, and I don't think they've... I, I just don't think the flavors have come through strongly enough. Yeah, I feel like I've had at least one, maybe two Sun Labs at this point. And I remember having very similar feelings. Like, I like what you're trying to go for. You're just not quite there. Alrighty, guys. We are all done with our beer talk for this week. Uh, So if you want to stick around for a few more minutes, we're actually not going to be getting into pop culture with our last handful of minutes. We are going to talk about something that Hopefully, when this episode releases one week from now, we'll have aged like milk if the world is fucking lucky. But I'm guessing it probably won't because Vladimir Putin's a fucking shitbag. We're going to talk about what's going on in Ukraine for a few minutes. And and another reason that it won't have aged like milk is because, like, because of the where Ukraine is in the world and it's... uh, apparently extremely fertile land mm-hmm. basically its entire history ukraine has been getting like invaded by people oh yeah no they, they've gotten the shit end of the stick for the majority of the existence of not just that country but that land yes um but and this is something that like literally just occurred to me um but the annexation of the crimean peninsula was 
a step a in the direction of this. Like, it's not only a yeah. test. I mean, it was a test of how, you know, the West would react to what they're doing. But it also cuts off the majority of their ports by taking the Crimean Peninsula. It does. Um, and also, but if I recall correctly, I think the Crimean Peninsula was an area that had, a, like, again, I, it's kind of a vacation destination for, it was like kind of a vacation destination for the USSR. And... I think because um, of that, it, it had a, a lot of... It was a vacation destination for the oligarchs. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I think that partially because of that, it, has a, it had a lot higher proportion of Russia, like, annexation supporters than most of the rest of the country, which is also why it was... A little bit less contested because i mean kind of similarly but not quite the same is their eastern front as well yeah because that has been like even before the annexation of the crimean peninsula underneath obama um there have been russian-funded separatists on the eastern front of ukraine for at least a decade i think longer yeah but yeah um everything that's going on in ukraine is fucking fucked right now and yes it is like honestly the un needs to fucking do something yeah they really do because um, this this is a war crime this is an unprovoked invasion of a neighboring country um, and I am very curious to see how things play out. I mean, this could very well be the start of, I guess, the modern equivalent to World War Three, but we'll see. Um, yeah, it, may, it we'll probably see. won't go that far. I but, really hope it doesn't go that far, but I, it still ain't great. It's, um, it's, it's Putin trying to swing his tiny dick. Because, come on, the dude's, like, fucking 5'2". Like, you, you know yeah. he's not a goddamn tripod. Mm. The way that he acts and carries himself, he's got a micropenis. I'm talking, like, size of a thumbnail micropenis. And generally speaking, I tend to advocate for not trashing people with different penis sizes because, you know, there are different flavors for <sighs> different people. Um, yeah. I know that that's something that would bother Putin, so fuck him and his tiny penis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hear that, I, Putin? You hear that, Russian hacker trolls? Check us out. Just throw us around the world, because Vladimir Putin's got a tiny dick. I know, because I've seen it. <laughs> well, I'm not going to claim that. I will say that I have been to Ukraine um, I have been most mostly to Kiev, and a couple of places just outside of Kiev. Kiev. Um, it's it's not Kiev. It's Kiev. It depends. Well, that's the Cyrillic spelling. Oh um, yeah. So it, it it's more or less pronounced Kiev. Um, it it's a it, honestly it was a gorgeous city. It had 
really cute neighborhoods to wander around in. Um, it seemed to be very cultured. The people were very nice. It's a great city that I don't think is going to be the same after this. Um, I mean, it wasn't really the same after. It's it's a country like, that's not going to be the same after this. No. And the, the thing that's also terrifying is I was reading earlier that um, it seems like the Russians have taken over the Chernobyl exclusion zone. I actually wanted to bring that up as well. Uh, I'm really surprised that Lukashenko is a supporting this because why would it why does belarus matter here well he's a crazy fucking dictator that is letting russian troops come through and using his own military forces to back the russian troops as they try to take over ukraine does he not realize that like if putin gets ukraine the next place he's looking is belarus uh or or poland Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I mean, like, I, I think that I think Lukashenko would be open to having a daddy dictator as long as he gets to be like dictator of his own little fiefdom still. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. He would. So fuck Lukashenko as well. But no, the thing that's really disturbing about that is, um, I mean, the thing about the Chernobyl exclusion zone is not many people live there now, but it is still a power plant that is powering parts of Ukraine. Uh, um, it would be very easy to turn that power plant into a massive dirty bomb. Oh, yeah, easily, because I think that they're still running the the uh, RBMK reactors there. Mm-hmm. So um, that's one part of it. The other part of it is if you aren't aware of how terrifyingly close that is to Kiev and how fucked that capital would have been if the wind had been blowing in a different direction during like the Chernobyl disaster in the eighties. Um, yeah. Isn't it like 30 miles North of Kiev? I think it might be, like it's super it might be a bit close. further than that, but it's very close. Well, Cause um, like Ukraine. All right. To try and make it, to try and get, americans to picture this ukraine is approximately the size of texas is it that is it even that big it It, might be approximately like i think it like it's wider but it's not as tall you know maybe new yorkish So bigger, bigger than yeah, New York. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I've only been to a small area of it, but yeah, it's um, it's not a huge, huge country. And, I mean, uh, like from our perspective in this country, like Texas is a giant fucking state. Yes. Well, but, we also grew up in New England, which yeah. is, come on. <laughs> I gotta drive more than thirty minutes to get somewhere. Eh, I'm not fucking going there. I mean, again, it's it was funny having a friend who grew up in the South, you know, coming here and being like, wait, you can be in another, in another state within an hour. It's like, yeah, I can be in like <laughs> three other states within about an hour. So, um, yeah, about from, from where we are four, four. Yeah. Connecticut, Rhode Island, Maine, New Hampshire. It's Vermont that takes a little bit longer to get to. Yeah. I mean, it, from you, like, 
Vermont, you could probably throw in as well. From me, I couldn't. Yeah. That's actually true. Like, where I am, I can... Oh, man. I don't know if I can get to Vermont within an hour just because of... Well, maybe if I went out the pike to 91, it would be faster. If you're riding... If you're on the highways at, like, 2 a.m., you can reach Vermont in an hour. Yeah, that's probably true. Um... But yeah, no, let, let's let's loop back around and like throw our yeah. sympathy, condolences and support behind the citizens of Ukraine. Uh, yeah. Also, if anybody in Ukraine is fucking listening to this, and I don't know why you would be, but if you are, uh, there is a strong misinformation campaign going on right now from the Russian government that is trying to tell you that the Poland border is closed. The Poland border is not closed. The Poland border has suspended visa travel, so you do not need a visa to travel to Poland from Ukraine. You only need a passport. Yeah. So if you want to get out, except for men from the ages of 18 to 60, because Ukraine is a, probably like... Conscription. It's hours away from throwing in conscription. Like, they might have actually started I think they have started. Um, I... They're under martial law right now. They're under martial law. At the time of the beginning of this recording, they had not instituted conscription. But But you cannot leave the country if you're a male between 18 and 60. Correct. Um, And I believe I've seen a quote that's from the Ukrainian president who that said, we are giving out guns to every citizen who wants one and wants to f- fight for your country. Good. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, and I mean, unfortunately, as, you're probably going to get a lot of friendly fire and something like that because. Well, yes and no. I, the thing I don't know is that I don't know if they have any required military training. So there are a lot of uh, Western sort of European countries that do not have conscription, but essentially have like a mandatory service of mm-hmm. like, a, like a, I think it's like a couple of years of, of every citizen, men and women alike. Oh, Ukraine is one of the countries like you, you have between like the ages of, I think 18 and 35, but it does have a required year of service. Which honestly, I, I'm, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I was going to say, as an American, this is going to sound weird, but I don't think it's a terrible idea. If nothing else, because I think it is important. I mean, okay, so take a country like the U.S. Right? We have, I think we have more guns than people in this country. Yes, and I think that it is. I mean, again, as a person who grew up in the liberal Northeast, I think that there are a ton of people in my personal social circles who have never handled, let alone shot a weapon. And I, I think that it is, given the state of our country politically, but also the fact that, again, we have more weapons than people, I think that it is a bad idea that Americans are not, as a rule, taught how to handle a weapon. Because if nothing else, like, we should be teaching kids 
even if they don't ever touch a weapon, they should be taught basic gun safety. Things like if you ever handle a weapon, do not point it at something you do not intend to shoot. Yep. Know where you no even, no even if you don't think it's loaded, yes. you never always point, treat a gun as loaded. Always treat always. a gun as loaded. You never point it you never point it at a person unless you intend to kill that person. Yeah. Um and well, again, it's just it, it's as simple as never pointed at something you don't intend to shoot. Think about how because bullets travel really far, you know, think about where that bullet's going to end up. Like, you know, people like always think of, you know, oh. movies or whatever, shooting guns into the air. It's like you realize that bullet fucking comes down somewhere, right? Yeah, they, they don't have enough fucking velocity to uh, reach escape velocity. So there is going to be a parabolic curve. Of yes. where that bullet's going to come down. And Correct. You, as an idiot, don't. I'm not saying you, Emily, as an idiot. I just mean like the general American. I'm probably going to lose us some listeners with this, but like people are fucking stupid. Mm. Yes, you, dear listener, you might be one of the stupid people. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, even if you're shooting in a straight line, if you're shooting at a target and you miss, you have to think about what's behind that target and what yep. you could potentially be shooting. I, um, that's why you should always set up your targets on like a hill. Yeah, that would be ideal. So that but anything behind that is just land. Or at least know that like there's, you know, if you, if like, again, if you're in like a relatively flat area, you have, you know, tr like you're shooting at like a target attached to a tree or something, know that like there's enough shit behind it that you are not going to potentially hit a house or something um or a child sleeping in their bed yep um and yeah i mean i think it's important to understand the the power the power that you are holding in your hand and to not you you are and to learn how to wield it responsibly you are holding the power of death yes there is one purpose for guns and it is to kill yes like, again, I enjoy guns. I like shooting guns. Target shooting is fun. Do I think that that makes... I, I do not take lightly the power that I hold in my hand when even when I'm shooting at a target, period. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to be taught to have the proper amount of respect for weapons, but also, like, I think that if we taught kids basic gun safety without ever putting a weapon in their hands we'd have fewer accidental gun deaths where like some kid finds you know daddy's gun or whatever bang bang and, like, and exactly <laughs> exactly because yeah. like um, those stories happen far too often in oh yeah this country another and we're, like the only country in the world that those stories happen in mm-hmm because most of the other countries, well, actually, like, so, for instance, like, Scandinavian countries, everybody in Scandinavian countries, well, at least one of them, I can't remember which one, has maybe all of them, but has... Uh, I think it's Norway, that they yeah. do have military conscription, and the majority of the citizens do possess a firearm. Mm -mm. That's the thing. Do is they possess all... a firearm, but not ammunition. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, the, uh, the other ba- ba- major tenet of gun safety, again, I guess I guess this is the PSA we're going with today, um, because again, I guess if you ever are called to defend yourself or your country, um, it's important to know these things. Never put your fucking finger on a trigger that when you, unless you are ready to fire. Yes. Period. Trigger safety. Like, trigger like, safety is a big thing. <laughs> like it, you know, it is very like because again, you, you know, everybody all those, watches movies. Yeah, and you, stuff, you, all like, those movies that are like, oh, it's got a hair trigger. It's like no, that that's actually like pretty goddamn true. It doesn't take it doesn't take a lot of pressure. It depends on the gun. Yeah. Um. But that's also why you squeeze a trigger. You don't pull it. Correct. Um, it depends on the gun how much pressure is required. There are definitely guns with hair triggers. But once again, that's also why, like, especially if you've never handled that particular gun before, do not put your fucking finger on the trigger unless you are ready to fire. Like, I know that it feels really weird to have your uh, your trigger finger, like, up on the, like, barrel of the gun, you get used to it. Yep. Uh, honestly, as weird as it sounds, if you want to have, like, without actually taking a course, if you want to have, like, a good idea of what good good gun safety is, and again, this is going to sound fucking weird, the John Wick movies. Hmm. Because they are actually, like, the, the training that went into their gunplay in those movies is like marine taught i think i forget who their uh gun supervisor was on it but it is this is how you are supposed to handle a gun oh yeah and also if you pick up a gun and you and you hold it one-handed in any fashion or even especially sideways but holding it sideways looks so cool yes it looks really (laughs) cool and it does look really cool in movies but you need to know that you should not be firing even a handgun without two fucking hands. Period. I mean, you could probably get away with like a twenty-two no. p shooter, but you'd be surprised. Yeah, it, it's still a bad idea. You would be you're, fucking surprised to to like bring us back around. You're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, and also if you if you're like a person who's like has interest in owning guns. Do not make your first weapon a large caliber. Um, if I buy a gun, I'm going to buy a Desert Eagle. It's like, yes, exactly. No, that's oh, man. dumb. If you want to know why that's dumb, just g- fucking, I'm sure YouTube has videos of people shooting de- Desert Eagles and hitting themselves in the face because of the recoil. Like even while using two hands. Like you need like, to. You see them, you see them like arms straight out, like. Honestly, well, first I, off, I guess don't lock your fucking elbows. I, I was going to say, I guess that like the lesson that we're trying to teach you is doing a gun safety class is a good idea for everybody. Agreed. And I highly uh, so if you are in Massachusetts, as we are, um, there are gun safety classes that have live fire and there are ones that don't. You're better off. I mean, you're better off with a live fire class. I'm telling you that right now because yeah. you need to understand how it feels, and they will usually give you a couple of different things to try. Um, yeah, what was you, like if, the biggest thing that you shot? Like a thirty-eight? Um, 
that but yes but that was owned by my father oh um and it was either a 38 or a 357 i can't remember um so and it it also like the handy thing about it was a 357 because he's got he doesn't have like uh it's not like the dirty hairy like long nose It, it and it's not a snub it's like you know, it's you, a standard revolver. Yeah, standard revolver. And I think that standard revolvers can shoot either thirty-eight or three fifty-seven. I can't remember if it, if they're in if they if it does both or not, but they it's sh- one of the two. They they shouldn't be interchangeable. Um, because it is in terms of barrel size. So like I know, a, but a thirty-eight shouldn't be able to go through a three fifty-seven barrel. Yeah. Well, no, vice versa. Three fifty-seven, I think, is the larger one because it's point three five seven and point three eight. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. But they're not that; they're not wildly different in size. Um, and one of the things that you know, shooting a bunch of different ammo taught me was um, that I actually do better with larger slightly larger ammo um like i tend to overcorrect for for a nine mil and or like something like Mm -hmm. a clock um Mm -hmm. but i do i end up pretty much level and straight with slightly larger ammo because of my natural tendency so yeah um again highly recommend doing a gun safety class like even if you don't want to do a live fire like do a gun safety class because it will fucking teach you how to respect weapons um and i mean again this was kind of a jumping off point from ukraine but like you know even in the modern world you could potentially be find yourself with a gun in your hands at some point in your life and it really pays to know how to not only use one but use it safely and again i mean you never know and and again parents out there you never know when your kid is going to end up in a house with a parent who does not have appropriate gun safes or something like it is a better idea for your kid to know what the fuck they're looking at and to respect it yes from a very young age than it is for them to not know what the fuck they're doing and only have seen it in a million times in like movies and TV, which is often not, even if it's realistic in terms of how they're handling weapons, it's not realistic in terms of gun safety all the time. So I mean, while I've never shot a gun myself, I know that like more so in my younger days than now, if I need to now, then I will, but I'm not often around children. Because I have no intention of having kids, I I don't I don't really like kids, but I would teach like knife safety to you know those around me of like, hey, this is a fucking weapon. You need to yeah. respect the fact that it is a weapon. Yeah, like it can hurt you, it can hurt others. You need to respect it. There are but, a lot of like safety things that we don't emphasize enough like i mean same thing with like kitchen safety yeah like like it's like a falling knife has no handle a falling knife has no handle let it fall to the floor step I mean, away first step off let, let it fall yeah i was gonna say move your feet out of the way as fast as possible let it step in the let, let it hit the floor yeah don't try and grab it <laughs> yeah 
you will, um, you will most likely hurt yourself. You, you'll feel like a badass if you can grab the handle, but that is like a one in a thousand chance. Also, again, Those aren't good uh, odds. <laughs> here's another safety tip. Um, much like I recommend a gun safety class for everybody, I recommend advanced driver's training for everybody. Oh, like, yeah. That, that's a that's a two-ton death machine right there. And the best thing that you're going to learn from advanced driver's training is muscle memory for how to avoid accidents. I can tell you because it has personally gotten me out of an accident. Mm-hmm. I unfortunately never had advanced driver's training, but I don't know. I'm... I hate to, oh, I am actually going to say this. I hate to sound like I'm special or anything, but I just sort of, my intuition lets me figure out certain things, Mm -hmm. but it's still like trial and error and it's really easy to hit error. (laughs) Yep. And that's why it's better to have muscle memory because you don't have to think about it not only do you not have to think about it it happens before you have the time to think Mm -hmm. and as a person who had to avoid an accident that happened due to black ice and had a choice between hitting a car a telephone pole or a mailbox mailbox my brain chose the mailbox yep i remember that accident (laughs) yeah um and I had a cop help me pull the mailbox out from under my car. So I'm telling you, man, like it's, you know, the cop literally looked at me, looked at the situation and went, how the fuck did you not hit anything else? And I was like, advanced driver's training, dude. Mm -hmm. I actually might've had to go between a wall and the tree to get that, to hit that mailbox. If I remember correct. Yes, you are correct. Yeah. I mean, it was literally like, but I didn't even realize I made the decision, but my brain was like, least least shitty option, go. Mm -hmm. All right. We're getting really deep into this. We're getting really distracted. Um, Because we're getting deeper into alcohol. So yeah, we should probably. uh... Yeah, we should probably try and wrap it up. Like we started off trying to talk about like our hearts going out to Ukraine and, you know, not fuck Russia. Fuck Vladimir Putin because fuck him. Because uh, into uh, the sun, folks. Yeah, into as, the sun. As we've been I, seeing, I hope Vladimir Putin has a nice time. Yeah. Well, I I also love the um, the UN ambassador for Ukraine directly said to the Russian ambassador. The, the UN Russian ambassador, uh, there is no purgatory for war criminals. There is only hell. And I'm not a religious person. I, I don't believe in concepts of heaven and hell. But it, it was a very poignant statement, I thought, because my heart goes out to not only the people of Ukraine, but the average citizen of Russia who just wants to live their life and existence. Like there, there are plenty of Russians in their military specifically that are just looking for an excuse for sociopathy. 
as are most uh, a lo- as are a fair number of our military, but most definitely our cops. Oh yeah, no. ACAB folks, ACAB. Um, if you don't know what ACAB is, then just uh, you know Google thirteen twelve, and that'll tell you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Uh, our fucking hearts and minds go out to the people of Ukraine. If there's anything that you can do that you, dear listener, can do to help them out, I implore you to please do what you can. I'm sure that there are reputable charities out there. We have not done any research. Um, I don't know what kind of charities you'd be looking at at this point, um, but I'm sure there's shit out there. And make sure that you're you're choosing places that are... Um, worthy of your money and uh i'm going to say here do your research but not in the like i'm a conservative anti-vaxxer who found my like totally real information on the internet that makes me feel like i don't have to get my kids vaccinated for anything somebody told me on facebook that vaccines have mercury in them and that mercury is gonna make my kids like retarded or something and I don't agree with that. At, like, there have yeah. been multiple studies, like, we're starting to get way off rails, but there have been multiple uh, studies that have proven that vaccines do not cause autism, yeah. and it's just stupid fucking assholes who keep on propagating that idea. Yeah. Um. So what I'm saying is, do and this goes with any charity. I mean supporting people in Ukraine, supporting people during natural disasters, uh, supporting people, you know, even just something as simple as like, where the fuck do I donate my, my old clothes? Like Um, make sure you do research into where, what charities you're donating to and where their money goes. Speaking of when it comes to donating old clothes, fuck the Salvation Army. Yep, fuck the Salvation Army. In case you didn't know that, folks, the Salvation Army is a giant piece of shit. Never even dump money in, like, those stupid bell ringers fucking baskets. Nope. nope. Fuck the bell ringers. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I like that the bell ringers are Wanna help. technically employed and they're trying to help. But I feel like a lot of people don't understand the monstrosity of the Salvation Army. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't remember if Robert Evans has ever done an episode on them. I don't think he has, but actually he might've, um, but yeah, seriously, fuck the Salvation Army, like more than any other charity out there, like that is common in the U S fuck the Salvation Army. Do not give them your money. Do not even give them your fucking clothes. Period. Never. Also don't buy clothes from their locations because that money also goes to their organization and fuck their organization yeah all right so we, we are hardcore off rails uh i blame alcohol yes i blame alcohol as well but that's part of the fun of this show and part of the weirdness of having two people with unmedicated add as the hosts of this show because we go off rails a lot squirrel I think- I think we're fun. <laughs> I, I think we're fun too, mo- mostly. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this shit up. So we've been New England Beer Reviews. I'm TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 
Uh, you can give us money to keep this show going on Patreon at patreon.com backslash N-E-V-R, the initials of our show, New England Beer Reviews, N-E-V-R. Uh, fucking final word, Emily? Fuck Putin. Fuck Putin. That That is, that is definitely... I mean, don't literally fuck Putin. I mean... Oh, and let, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. not say I can't. It. I was gonna say. I. I, I was. No. I was gonna say something, but no. I have a feeling we're, we're thinking the same thing. I have a and feeling uh, we're thinking the same thing, but um, I will not advocate for anybody being fucked to death. Um, Vladimir Putin, in in the immortal words of the our favorite, "Well, there's your problem, crew." when they are trying to avoid saying actionable threats. Um, Vladimir Putin, I hope you have a nice time. Vladimir Putin, bless your heart. Oh, see, that's just the Southern way of telling him to go fuck himself, but that works too. Yeah, I mean, the Southerners don't usually put that growl on the end of heart, but... Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. On that depressing note, bye! Bye! We love you. We love you.